and if you want to leave a mark in whatever you do you need to have all these four pillars standing strong for you number 1 you need to have a vision for yourself and for the world number 2 you need to have a mission number 3 you need to define your goals and number 4 you need to build habits good habits This is episode 11 of Strictly Motivation with excellence coach and co-founder of Eastern Mindfulness Alok Tonk. Welcome to a new episode of Strictly Motivation. My name is Romit Jaitwani and I'm your host for this show. Each week I will be interviewing modern day entrepreneurs with multiple figure online businesses. We'll be diving deep to reveal the secrets behind their mindset and marketing so that you can adopt the systems and strategies responsible for their success. In this episode of Strictly Motivation, I'm excited to have Alok Tonk. He's the co-founder of Eastern Mindfulness and an excellence coach on a mission to help corporate professionals be stress-free and live a healthy, happy, successful and spiritual life. In this episode he shares his personal experience of the physiological and psychological ups and downs that any individual goes through while coping with the day-to-day stress of life and how with the practices of holistic wellness one can incorporate mindfulness by applying practical strategies. I'm super excited to share this episode with you so without further ado let's jump in. Hey Alok, thank you for being a guest on Strictly Motivation. How are you doing? I'm fantastic, Ramit. Uh it's my pleasure to be here and I'd like to first of all congratulate you and appreciate you for uh, this entire project and series of yours. Um and it's really important, you know, the kind of times that we are going through the ups and downs, especially the covid and stuff. We all are in the same boat and fighting the crisis and at this moment of time having these kind of conversations can really make a lot of difference. Absolutely. and um you know i'm really i was really intrigued by your content on instagram and your consistency and just the sheer idea and philosophy that you would bring to you know the table with respect to what you would talk about with respect to mindfulness and everything around that and that really you know got me to think that you know it's it's really important and as you said the pandemic that the mindset is all we have control over and as long as we know how to control our thoughts that will determine how we control our actions and what happens so i really wanted to dive into a conversation with you where we can explore the importance of mindfulness and wellness and uh, you know learn from your experience and you know uh, hopefully this you know i'm quite sure this will you know get a lot of positive response and a lot of people will be impacted through your experience. So my first question that I ask everyone is Alok what are three lesser known facts about you? <laughs> lesser known facts. Uh the thing is uh um you know people generally think that um I'm very like uh, you know calm and a person who is like always mild and stuff like that. But Yes, I am mischievous as well, <laughs> because uh, generally, you know, when you see a person uh, in a very calm state, 
yes, there, there, there is a certain zone where you are, you are reflecting, you're introspecting over certain things. But yes, there is another side to it as well, wherein uh, you, you like to be a child, you like to explore things, you like to, uh, you know, just experiment. So yes, I'm mischievous. Uh, this is one that I don't think most people know. Um, the other thing about me is, uh, you know, I was, I was really not good at studies. Um, <laughs> the, the earlier part of my educational life, I was not good at studies, but over a period of time, something happened and then, you know, I started liking it, but I never, never, ever liked studying. So <laughs> that's the second thing that I don't think most of the people know that. Um, and, uh, yeah, I guess, I guess otherwise, uh, Romit, uh, I'm, I'm an open book, you know, <laughs> whatever I am behind the camera, that's what I am on the camera. So I guess people, people do, a, do know a lot of things about me. <laughs> Definitely. Um, you know, thanks for sharing that and being honest about that. I think, um, it's, it's very crucial in the day and age that we are in that, you know, we find authenticity within ourselves to be ourselves in front of the camera. And uh, that's amazing to know that, you know, who you are on your Instagram or your social media is the same person that you are behind that. And that's amazing to know because that's how it should be authentic. Yes. Yes, Ramatta. I'd, I'd like to add a little bit here you know, you touch the right chord and that is authenticity. And um, that's one of my values, uh, being authentic, because being a coach, being in this coaching domain, uh, authenticity is something that everyone craves for. Maybe uh, consciously or unconsciously, we are not aware of it, but we like authenticity in others. We like authentic things. We like authentic people. And uh, being a coach, that becomes very much important for me that I'm the same when I'm on the screen and I'm the same when off the screen. So yeah, that's what I really value a lot. No, definitely, because we're living in this era where authenticity is actually lost in a lot of people because who they are behind the camera and who they are on camera are like two different people. So it's it's actually supposed to be this way. You're supposed to be who you are. Um, and, and and not someone that you're not because you're one in a billion you're as unique as your fingerprint so why would you want to try and be someone else that it, that's how it is so um i want to know more about you know your journey because nobody is born a mindfulness coach obviously and uh, i know that you you've come from you know you've had 15 years corporate experience is that right Mm, yes, yes, fourteen, fourteen, to be to be specific, <laughs> fourteen years of corporate experience. Yeah. So how did how did you make that transition? Like, when did this happen, and what did you realize at that point, and decided that you know what, this is what I want to do henceforth. Mm. So, Ramit, uh, as as you rightly said, that you know, no one is born <laughs> what they are. And uh, we never have this kind of vision or uh, the kind of mission uh, right from our childhood. But of course, there are certain experiences and there are certain, um, you know, turning points in your life uh, which make you take certain decisions. And um, honestly, uh, Ramit, you know, as I told you that I was not good in studies. 
So um, getting onto the other side of the table was like almost impossible. I, I could not even think uh, me teaching or coaching. That was like out of my uh, imagination altogether. The thing is, um, I had a very conventional life, very conventional dreams. I um, did my management studies, uh, did my bachelor's of management studies, BMS, and then I got my got into my master's. I did my MBA. And the the entire focus of doing the management thing was just to go and you know manage my father's business. So that was always the focus, and and that's what uh, you know how how children's are, uh, children are primed, right? When you have a family business, children are primed that this is what you have to do. So that was the story with me, and I had a very linear kind of thinking that okay, I will do my this uh, MBA, I'll, and then get into business, and then you know life is sorted. But then uh, something happened and my father wanted me to go and take some corporate experience because that is what is important. Otherwise, you won't learn, you won't grow, you know. So then I uh, started my journey with sales. And, uh, you know, Romit, it's so very exciting in the beginning to get into a job because you always keep on hearing about the real world and how exciting it is. But when I got into it, um, yes, of course, it was exciting. But over a period of time, Ramit, I I got to feel the pressure, you know, and especially when you talk about sales, you are talking about numbers, you're talking about performance, you're talking about meetings and review meetings and unrealistic client expectations and stuff like that. So all this was around me. And then I started to feel the pressure, started to feel the heat. Uh, but the thing is, Ramit, um, I have been practicing certain meditation and mindfulness modalities right from the age of 15. Um, I never liked doing that. Of course, that didn't come voluntarily, but I was made to do it. So, uh, you know, because uh, we had this culture, we had this environment at home uh, that I used to see people meditating. I used to see people do uh, breathing exercises, pranayama and yoga and stuff like that. So, that kind of, uh, you know, that that pr that priming process was always there. Maybe consciously I was not aware of it, but unconsciously, you know, you pick up so many things. Your subconscious mind keeps on picking up so many things from your environment. So that's how somewhere that blueprint was getting ready. And then I was made to do it. I was forced to do it. That, you know, every day you have to meditate. You have to do it. At least for 10 minutes, you have to do it. You know, <laughs> that's how it was. I, I, I didn't like it at the beginning, but... You know, Ramit, over a period of time, anything that you do over and over again, it becomes a habit, right? It, it just becomes an autopilot. So as, as we brush, as we take shower, as we do our breakfast, then meditation became my my routine. That whether I'm liking it or not, that that is a routine. So I started doing that. But honestly, Ramit, I never understood how did, how is this going to help me, you know, just closing your eyes and sitting. I used to feel as if if you want to sleep, why not sleep nicely, right? Why to sit and close your eyes? So, so I, I had all these questions and I was skeptical. But over a period of time, Romit, um, while I was going through my corporate, corporate stressful journey, that's when I was able to feel and I was able to understand that how these practices were really helping me out in terms of uh, aligning myself mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, even after having a stressful day, uh, when I did that that 15 or 20 minutes of my routine, uh, I, I was rejuvenated. I felt like, you know, uh, everything, it's, it's a new start. It's a new beginning. And then 
I also developed an attitude of letting go that, okay, tomorrow is a new day, you know. But this is what I was not able to see amongst others. So my colleagues, my bosses, my clients, my team members, we all were dealing with the same kind of situations at workplace, right? Same kind of clients and same kind of expectations, same kind of bosses. Somewhere I was able to see the difference where I'm able to adapt. I'm able to build that agility. But uh, the others were still struggling with that. You know, that the resilience, I call it as the resilience muscle, the, the agility muscle. I somewhere thought that, you know, I'm, I'm still able to look at this entire thing from a different perspective, from more objectivity. And then I used to discuss with others and they used to get benefited out of that discussion. So, Romit, uh, that's where I thought that, you know, this is where I can help people with something. This particular way of living, I, I never thought how would I brand it or name it. But, you know, deep down somewhere you get to know that, yes, there's something that you can offer. Still, that picture is not clear, but you have an idea, you have a sense of it. So that was the first time when I thought that, you know, this can be a way forward. And I can then uh, strategize it, put it in a proper process. I can name it. I can brand it. That's a later process. But but that was that uh, the Eureka moment, you can say, or that uh, that moment wherein I got to know that, yes, something can be done. Because, Romit, the thing is, you know, I had uh, two of my colleagues. Uh, and, and, of course, when you work together every day, day in, day night, um, you become good friends. And you know, one of my friends, he went through a divorce because he was not able to handle the work-life balance. You know, uh, he was not able to handle that pressure. He was not able to give that time to his newly uh, wedded life. And things went haywire. He went through a divorce. There was another person who who went obese because, you know, um, Ramit, from the psychological perspective, if you see, everyone has a different way of handling stress. You know, uh, some people, they overeat just to cope up with stress. Some people, they lose their appetite completely to cope up with stress. There are some people who would um, who would have sleepless nights to cope up with stress. Some would just keep on sleeping for hours and hours to cope up with stress. So every uh, mechanism is different, right? According to their physiological composition, psychological compo composition, we have different ways of handling stress. So this person, this colleague of mine, had a mechanism where he used to keep on eating just to cope up with stress. And he, he grew obese and it also affected other areas of his life. So that's when, Romit, I thought this is not uh, happening. You know, this is this is not how people should live, live their life because this is just job. This is just your work. It cannot hamper your life. So, Romit, this was the the point where I thought that, you know, I can do something. That's how the journey started. That's amazing. There's always, uh, you know, like you said, a Eureka moment that gets you to act upon. It's like inspired action. And uh, so then let's, let's, you know, let's fast forward to that point where you realized, okay, I mean, at some point you had to resign. So did you, did you make that transition where you said, you know what, that's it. I'm putting my papers down. And I'm going to focus on this. Or was it like a parallel situation that you were in? Yes, yes. So that transition was a little bit of a thoughtful moment, of course, because you cannot directly jump from one boat to the other. 
you need to uh, prepare the ground for for you you need to build that entire landscape for you only then you can make that transition so what i did was uh, romit i i got into a startup um and that startup was just to it has nothing it had nothing to do with health or wellness but uh, you know i i got into a, a dealership model with my father's business so because it was easy for me to source products it was easy for me to you know quickly uh, start something and keep the cash flow running because um, at the at the other end i had to prepare a lot of stuff for this particular organization of mine uh because that was an uh, ideation phase so i had to come up with the process and what are the programs and the lineup what am i going to teach how am i going to approach people how am i going to build my brand and awareness so the entire built up phase was on so at that moment of time i wanted some kind of cash flow you know and um, instead of uh, coming up with a different business model altogether where i had to where i would have uh, to put more efforts mentally emotionally physically monetarily i thought this is a quick model where i can uh, you know get the leverage so um, i started that uh, but uh, the thing is you know i was not able to sustain in that in that project of mine and that startup was a failure so um, i had to shut it down because because uh, what i realized was that um, i was not good enough in terms of my market research about those products um i gave very less time in the market research and i skipped couple of steps this is what i realized later on when i had invested all my savings all my money and uh, i just fell flat on my face you know and that was a very disastrous moment for me um but somewhere somewhere in some corner of my my heart and mind i had this dream that i want to do something in health and wellness because i i'm i'm coming from that uh, arena that i've seen people suffering and i don't want that to uh, that them to suffer over and over again uh, so then what i did was romit i i lost my money i lost all my um, savings and everything uh, but i had two options romit number one i joined my dad that was a easier option um and you know i find some stability there and the another option that i had was to get into a job again right because because you know what happens is romit when you when you fail when you fall flat on your face you lose your self esteem you lose your self confidence you lose your motivation and then to start something else that's not the right phase right because if you want to start a new platform if you want to start a new journey you need to have you need to start from a different level of enthusiasm a different level of consciousness where you are able to see through you are able to uh, you know have that kind of vision but after this disaster that happened with my startup where i lost money i lost self esteem i lost self confidence it was so very difficult for me so i i i reflected over this particular period for a month or so and i just thought to myself if i go and join my dad right um i will not probably build my self esteem and self confidence yes i will have that uh, monetary safe space easily and of course uh, he will take me in the organization easily so i will get my safe space and a comfort corner but it will not give me the same kind of confidence 
and self-esteem that I had earlier, right? So I took that tough call at that moment of time and I didn't join him, but I took a job again. And this time when I took a job, uh, it was in a different industry altogether. Uh, I got into digital, digital marketing, digital advertisements and stuff like that. Um, and in order to, um, you know, get into that particular industry, I did a lot of uh, research. I studied so many different things. I developed myself in that period of time. I took a lot of courses. Then I got into this particular uh, job. And then from there, a couple of years, um, I really did well. I got promoted, stuff, stuff like that. I, I developed my self-esteem, my self-confidence. Now that was the right time for me to, again, think about that particular dream of mine, that startup. So when I was on a really good good uh, scale, mentally, emotionally, when I was, um, you know, on the, on the top, at that moment of, of time, I thought this is the right time to make the switch. Because if, if this moment I make the switch, I will get into that project of mine with the right kind of energy and enthusiasm. So, so this switch was difficult. It was not easy. Um, although I had those resources, I could have done that easily. But somewhere I had to be honest to myself. You know, if I would have taken that easy route, um, then maybe I wouldn't have had this kind of confidence to start this organization and to, you know, go towards my mission. So yes, it was difficult. And um, Ramit, this is what most of the aspiring entrepreneurs they also face, you know, this kind of situation when they want to make the switch. At that moment of time, it is very much important that you you uh, analyze your situation financially, mentally, emotionally, and take one step at a time. That is important. No, absolutely. And I think it's a, it's a very interesting story because every individual on planet Earth has their own unique story and struggle. And that's what brings you to where you are today and you know to go from a job to a startup to go back to a job it's uh, you know it does it does take a lot mentally and emotionally to manage your expectations and to regroup your thoughts and your identity and you know just again like full fr- full throttle you know decide oh you know what so what it happened let's move on because that that kind of attitude is is required, um, and that's that's what makes all the difference. Because there's always a fork in the road. You can either go, you know, things can either go downhill based on how you think, or you can just look and focus on that little silver lining, and be like, you know what, there is light at the end of the tunnel, and I will have to go through this darkness. But as long as I see the light, I'll keep moving, and that's exactly what you did. And that's the reason you are where you are today with Eastern mindfulness. So I'm, I'm actually really intrigued with, you know, the name Eastern mindfulness. And before we jump into that, um, so how, how long back did this ideation turn into reality? Um, from it, it was uh, 2015, 16, somewhere in middle of 2015, 16. Uh, this this brand was established. So um, the thing was the ideation 
uh, of because I was anyways into mindfulness, but that was a different brand uh, earlier. So um, that was a different brand where I used to operate, but that was a very infant. I was still not, it was an infant stage. I was still not sure about that particular brand. So I didn't advertise it much, but still I was uh, doing my programs. I was doing the mindfulness coaching. I was offering my uh, processes, mindfulness processes. But then I was still not happy with the brand. I was still not happy. I was still not clear about my positioning. But uh, when I came across this idea of Eastern mindfulness, because Ramit, uh, you know, when it comes to mindfulness, when it comes to this entire wisdom of what mindfulness is, this particular science, it's all about this the, the Eastern side of the globe. The, the entire wisdom of mindfulness has emerged from here. When we talk about our Sanatan, right? I'll I'll not get much into the um, the uh, the religious or the sect side of it, um, because I, I I choose to keep my uh, offerings and the entire platform in the most secular format. But when when we talk about mindfulness, it comes from the Sanatan origin, um, and and it has its own history. So, but but you know. The way it is uh, projected now and the way it is positioned now, it's very much westernized because, uh, because you know, it's more of outcome focused. Um, when you talk about mindfulness, uh, people think about, you know, mental peace and stress release and no depression and mental wellness. So, so this is how it has been, um, it has been positioned. But um, if you look at the essence of mindfulness, the essence of mindfulness is about how to overcome suffering, you know, the human suffering. When we talk about human suffering and suffering can be uh, of different levels of different magnitudes, uh, not just physical, but mental, emotional, spiritual. There are different levels of suffering. So the, the essence of mindfulness is how to overcome suffering. But then, when we talk at the talk about this, the the um, the secular side of it, then we just focus on the scientific aspect of mindfulness, and um, how can we really be benefited? Um, whether it is about illnesses, whether it is about um, productivity or focus or work, so how can we bring the power of mindfulness in in order to become uh, a better version of ourselves. So Eastern mindfulness focuses on the the secular side of it, and uh, as my as I identified a lot with uh, working professionals, right? Because that that was my mission, that I want to help working professionals live a healthy, happy, successful, and a spiritual lifestyle. So when I go to corporates, when I talk to the corporates, um, I want to be very very secular. I want to be very centralized uh, and lateral in my approach and connect with the scientific aspect of the wisdom. Uh, I think um, I want to really ask you this question because mindfulness is mindfulness can mean different things to different people. And then there's also the, the lack of knowing what the word even means by a majority of people. So I want you to share, Alok, what is your perception of the word mindfulness? What does it mean to you? I know it. I know you, you paraphrased it in a way where you said it's all about overcoming your suffering, unlocking your next best version. 
but what does the word mindfulness mean to you if you had to just put it in one sentence yes so uh, ramit i generally uh, explain mindfulness uh, in a very layman approach where uh, if if a person has not ever heard about it it becomes easy for that person to understand so mindfulness is simply the process of building more awareness in order to have better clarity that's it this is how i define mindfulness is the process of building more awareness in order to have better clarity uh, because um, yeah so uh, ramit because you know the thing is in our life in any area of your life whether it is health whether it is finances whether it is relationship whether it is your work whether it's the social aspect of your life only when you have clarity you are able to take better decisions right without clarity we are not able to take a next step and when you have clarity that's when you have confidence when you have confidence that's when you are able to take action and when you are able to take action that's when you get the desired results so it all boils down to having clarity and the prerequisite of having clarity is awareness so mindfulness is the process of building or breeding more awareness in order to have better clarity amazing that's that's a beautiful way of putting it um so when you speak about clarity that definitely is something that is required by most everyone to be honest are requires to have clarity instead of you know going about life aimlessly without any purpose or mission and what you do for a living is you help people find that clarity through eastern mindfulness techniques and strategies so how does one find that clarity is it through meditation is it through a kind of meditation is it through any sort of ritual like a daily ritual so what 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 do you suggest in terms of somebody who has never done meditation before in their life they are experiencing pain they're experiencing frustration it's affecting their relationships at work at home it's affecting everything and at the end of the day that's it's all about how you think and what you do on a regular basis like you mentioned earlier that forms your habits and your habits define who you are as a character as an identity so being clear on who you are is so important and in order to unlock that next best version you need to also have clarity on who that next best version is for you in your mind so i want you to just share some insights on how does one really find clarity in this noisy world today that's a, that's a great question uh, ramit uh, and you know when it is about clarity it's it's not just about uh, meditation ramit but it's more about reflection right because um, when we talk about meditation meditation the word meditation itself has has been defined in so many different ways <laughs> and um, the first thing that comes to our mind when we talk about meditation is a person sitting with eyes closed in a lotus uh, pose and with a with his, his or her back erect right um, 
Meditation is not just about that, but meditation is about reflection. Meditation is about introspection. Meditation is about uh, channelizing your focus and your awareness inwards, right? If you see, Romit, uh, today, the problem with us is there's so much of noise outside and we are living in a noisy world, right? And um, attention is something that everyone is vouching for. Our attention is highly valuable. It's an attention economy that we are living in. If you just look around you, everyone is vouching for your attention. The news channels, the, the sale that is going on, your social media channels, the notifications, emails, everyone wants you to give, give a part of your attention to them, right? Because when they have your attention, they make, they make money, right? So we are living in this attention economy. And uh, that's where we lose awareness. We lose awareness. So uh, this, is, this is where we lose our clarity because when we lose our awareness, we lose our clarity. And when we lose our awareness, that's when we get into an autopilot behavior. And autopilot is where we are lost because we are doing the same things over and over again without any clarity, right? So um, when, it, when I talk about introspection, that's when you ask yourself, why am I doing what, am I, what I'm doing, right? Why am I doing what I'm doing? Is there a reason behind that? What is my goal? Where I plan to reach? What is my mission? What, I'm, what am I actually expecting out of this particular activity? Because Umit, if you see, most of our habits are unconscious habits. We are just doing it because that's what we have been doing, right? And, and till the time, there is no external force or there's no internal understanding of why we are doing what we are doing. We keep on doing the same thing and that's what we call as autopilot and we are lost completely. So in order to bring clarity, there are different, there are different scenarios. For example, let's say if a person is emotionally overwhelmed, right? And uh, he or she is feeling some kind of uneasiness, irritation, frustration, that frustration can be from any aspect of life. Something happened in terms of relationships, something happened in terms of finances, something happened in, at, at work, uh, someone said something, or there is there's some past failure that was triggered in the present moment, or it can be an anxiety of the upcoming events, the future. It can be anything, and there's this emotional overwhelm. How do we, how do we bring clarity in this kind of situation? So, um, Romit, what I, I understand is, when you start asking some smart questions to yourself, that's when you start uncovering some really wise answers for yourself. Right? Because all the answers, all the understanding is there within us. We just need to extract those understandings by asking the right kind of questions. So let's say that um, emotionally a person is challenged and there's an emotional overwhelm. So I ask um, people to follow this IQM model. I call, it a, I call it as IQM, which is Intelligent Questioning Model. Now, this particular model has uh, 
four questions that you ask yourself. You reflect on these four questions. The first question is, what am I feeling? Right? Because, uh, Ramad, if you see, um, our emotional vocabulary is weak. You know, we just have few words for our emotions that we know, and we just keep on playing around those words. Sad, happy, frustrated, irritated. We just have these four to five words. So we generally don't understand what we are exactly feeling. We give vague answers. And the kind of vocabulary or the labeling that you use for your emotion is the, is the way you act further for, in, in terms of that particular emotion, right? So the first thing is to have clarity in terms of what you're feeling. So you ask yourself this first question, what am I feeling? Reflect on it. Try to label it, what you're feeling. The second question is, why am I feeling what I'm feeling? You're trying to find the reason. Because many a times what happens is, Roman, we, we are so jumbled up in our mind. And we try to just point at some or the other stuff that, okay, maybe I'm feeling bad because of this or because of him or because of her or because of that incident or because of, you know, my, it, it's fate, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You need to understand that why am I feeling what I'm feeling? That's where you will have more clarity about that particular event or maybe that particular uh, story that you are playing in your head or that particular person or that particular incident or some kind of mistake that, that you have made. Right. So the first question is what I'm feeling. The second question is why I'm feeling what I'm feeling. The third question is what does this mean? This is a very important question. Roman, what does this mean? When you ask yourself, what does this mean? That's when you're trying to understand that what is this emotion trying to tell me? I ask people to look at emotions as a messenger, you know, as a postman who comes to you to deliver a message. So your emotion is a message. Maybe let's say you have a presentation to be given after a couple of days. Maybe you have a project to start. Maybe you have to take some action. And you're worried, you are anxious about doing that. You have some kind of fear, fear of failure. Maybe you want to procrastinate. Maybe you just want to run away from it. So today, what you are feeling is you are feeling anxious. You're feeling some kind of emotional uneasiness, but you are not aware that why am I feeling what I'm feeling? So when you try to ask yourself this question, that what does this mean? What is this emotion trying to tell me? That's when you'll realize that maybe I'm anxious because I'm not yet prepared for that presentation. Maybe I'm anxious because there's some kind of fear in me that what if I fail? So then you have to ask yourself another question. So what do I do now? So this becomes your fourth question, that what is an immediate action step that I need to take right now? This will put you in an action mode. So when you ask yourself the first question, what am I feeling? Then comes the second question, why am I feeling what I'm feeling? The third question, what does this mean? And the fourth question, what I need to do right now? So at every level, you are unlocking a different level of clarity. Right. So so this is one of the ways it's an IQM model that I offer uh, to people in order to breed clarity. Uh, the other way, the other thing is, uh, Romit, uh, from the scientific perspective, we need to understand that human beings are emotional beings. 
right? Why do we call us we ourselves as emotional beings? Because our emotional brain is always in charge. For most of the times, it's our emotional brain. And the problem with that is when our emotions are high, our intelligence is low. <laughs> that's how our brain is wired, you know. Uh, and that's the reason, uh, you know, Romit, it is always said that when you are sad, don't take a decision. And when you are happy, don't make a promise, right? Because you will have, you'll make a blunder and then you'll regret. So whenever our emotional brain is overactive, that's when we are not able to breed clarity. You must have, you must have experienced this, that when you are super sad or something just happened, you never expected that to happen, you are angry, frustrated. That's when you're not able to think clearly. Right, Roman? You need some time. You need some space. You need some breathing space. You, you just want to be alone for some time. Why? Because when you are alone for some time, when you, when you breathe that breathing space for yourself, that's when you settle down. That's when you're giving that power of autonomy back to your executive brain. So it's very much important that when you want clarity, you need to mellow down your emotional brain. Because if your emotional brain is supercharged up, you are angry, you are irritated, you are frustrated, you are overwhelmed, you will not have clarity. So at that moment of time, deep breathing, it really helps. Because when you breathe deeply, slowly, and have longer breaths, that's when you instantly activate your parasympathetic nervous system. And as soon as the parasympathetic nervous system is activated, your emotional brain mellows down, and then your executive brain kicks in. So now you are able to take more um, you know, smart decisions, wiser decisions. So these are a couple of uh, techniques that uh, people can use in order to breed clarity. Well, that's pretty interesting. I like how you framed the IQM, the intelligent questioning model, into four questions because I'm a firm believer of you know having systems in your life and business because that if you have um, you know if you have a system that you can rely on, your goals are inevitable. They will be realized. As long as your system, what you do on a daily basis, supports that, and it's it's I like how you you know have you have the scientific uh, structure to this as as far as where you know unlocking that clarity is concerned because you rightly pointed out that it's we're living in an attention economy and uh, you know we're victims to social dilemma and we're trading our gray cells for you know uh, content that doesn't even serve us most of the time through endless scrolling that is i would say a disease today and that is one of the reasons why we do lose our awareness and hence lose our clarity and then that gets us into a vicious loop of just doing the same things over and over again and expecting different results which is not going to happen so the fact that you brought in this system which actually allows us to introspect and reflect on what's really going on at that moment because feelings are really powerful and they have their own frequency and you know quantum physics and all have already proven that the the level at which you vibrate is expressed through the feeling you carry at that point in time and that's what's going to allow you to you know take the right action in the right direction 
and it's all connected somehow which makes it all the more awesome because it's all connected within our control however people don't are, are not aware of that or they're not controlling it or they're just lost in that perpetual loop of habit which isn't serving them now you mentioned that a very uh, you know you mentioned that deep breathing allows you to unlock the parasympathetic nervous center which gets us back into the right state of mind to make those right decisions for ourselves because i was i've actually heard this for the first time when you said emotion when emotions are high intelligence is low <laughs> that's uh, you know actually very true as actually very insightful it's uh, it's so simple but it's so true at the same time so i want i'm actually curious to know about this alok is what is what actually is the how important is eq versus iq that's that's a great question <laughs> because uh, for decades now we have been hearing about iq right we we have had um, multiple tests and uh, modules and um you you need you need to uh prove yourself that your iq is high right and and you have iq scores and stuff like that but uh romit i i just want you to think over this when we talk about iq what we are what we are uh, pointing at is that uh, it's your capacity of of gathering uh holding up and reproducing information right when we talk about iq it is just about how much information you are able to gather right and then till what period of time you are able to hold it and then are you able to reproduce it at the right time at the right place or not right that's what defines your iq score so if you have an iq exam you gather all that information you try to store it and then you try to puke it out in your your iq paper and if you are able to do that you have a good iq score right uh, but but today when you look at the the world that we are living in especially the digitally advanced world where where every person has a smartphone has a good internet connection uh, gbs of data available at no cost um why is there even a need to store data in your head i'm talking about data which can be easily stored on your phone and which can be easily available which is just a search away right so so this is the time where uh, compassion empathy um that connection that emotional connection that that perspective is something which is more important because uh, we are human beings we are emotional beings right we need we we are social beings over a period of time uh, when we talk about the paleolithic uh, age the caveman the homo sapiens homo sapiens sapiens and uh, the way we have developed over a period of time there is this one thing that is hardwired in our brain and that is the feeling of community that is the feeling of social connection and and that's why we always look out for validation right when you when you don't get a validation you feel lonely 
you feel left out. You question your own worth, right? And this is this is what happens when a person is not is not invited to a to a club or a group or is ignored. The person feels left out, and emotionally, that person suffers. Romit, you know a very interesting fact I'd like to share. I do a lot of one-on-one coaching, right? Um, and and I have people from um, different corporate background and different levels of hierarchy that they're working in. There's one thing which is common, a common problem that I see, and that is a people problem, apart from other technological challenges and competency and all that. But one major problem, and that is they don't feel connected at workplace. And this clearly shows that there is lack of emotional intelligence. Because people want people. People want connection. People want understanding. People want empathy. People want uh, understanding and that, that perspective from others. So when we talk about emotional intelligence, Romit, to simply simply uh, describe it, it is it is an intelligent way of using your emotions, right? It's an intelligent way of using your emotions. That's emotional intelligence. By that, what I mean is, um, how are you able to respond in a particular situation? When someone snaps at you, or when someone uh, talks to you or behaves in in an undesirable manner, what do you do next? That's what your emotional intelligence will decide for you. Some people would just snap back. Some people would just abuse. Some people would just blast off. While others would just take a pause and try to reflect on what just happened and why did that happen. So that pause makes a lot of difference. And that pause can either strengthen your relationship. And if you don't take that pause, you can break that relationship, right? If you take that pause, if you reflect, if you understand, instead of asking this question, how dare he talk to me like this? You ask a question, why did he talk to me like this? Is there something wrong with that person? Does he need some help? I think I should check with him or her. Is there something that I can do? Is there something wrong? with his health or with someone who is near or dear to him. What's the problem? He was not normal today. So the choice lies with us. How emotionally intelligent we want to be. So of course, emotional intelligence is is super valued and super, super, super important compared to um, IQ because IQ has to do a lot with information. Whereas, Emotional intelligence has to do a lot with emotion. And when we talk about the human aspect, when we talk about human beings, of course, intelligence, information comes secondary, but emotion and the connection is primary. And that's that's the reason, Romit, you know, uh, all the Fortune 500 companies, not all, but most of the Fortune 500 companies, they understand the value of EQ. They understand how important it is to uh, to build that culture in that organization where people are connected, not just superficially, not just through 
uh, internal chat boxes, but they are connected heart to heart. They, they are connected mind to mind. They are connected emotionally. And all that is, is, is then reflected on the outcome and the bottom lines of the company. Uh, you look at Google. Google has its own emotional intelligence program that they run for their, exclusively they run for their, um, their employees. And that program is called a search inside yourself, right? Um, Salesforce has its own emotional intelligence program. They have a mindfulness and a meditation room on each floor of their office. Uh, you talk about Apple or Xerox, uh, Nike, all these companies, they have their mindfulness and emotional intelligence program. So people, they have organizations and everyone, they have now understood how important uh, emotional intelligence is. Yeah, absolutely. And I completely agree with you that emotional intelligence is, um, if not at par with intelligent, uh, you know, intelligent quotient, it's, it's actually more important and they do complement each other. However, it's the feeling of wanting to have that connectedness with other people, whether it's in a community or whether it's your peers or your partner, that that level of connectedness is crucial. In fact, that's what we thrive on. We thrive on relationships. And that brings me to a really critical point, which I want to discuss with you, that, like you mentioned, you need to take that pause. Whenever you're faced in an encounter which challenges you or puts you out of your comfort zone, you need to take a pause and ask the right questions and analyze what is happening in the situation instead of just hyper reacting and um, you know doing something that would make you feel ashamed later so with that level of mindset a prerequisite to that is having complete confidence self-respect and feeling a sense of self-love is necessary for you to be in that zone where if someone comes to you you're you know, you're not just uh, shaken up by someone's words or comments or finger pointing because you have a sense of balance and composure that allows you to take that pause. And that sense of composure and balance and clarity and confidence is a, is a result of having a practice, having that system where whether it's the IQM, whether it's, you know, a meditative practice, whether it's, you know, aligning your goals on a day-to-day basis with your actions, it comes through a lot of effort to reach that point where you can go from being a super hyper-reactive person in a high-pressure environment to a composed and balanced and and someone who has self-respect because it's, there is one part which you said where we live in a society where you want to connect with other people. That's what we thrive on. However, at the same time, if I was someone who did not respect myself enough, then I would seek the wrong kind of validation. Right? So how does one draw the line between social validation and, um, you know, disruptive validation? Get it. Get it. Uh, very, very valid and very beautiful point uh, you made here, Romit. That uh, that how how do how do I make that validation? Uh, 
and 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 at the same time we also crave for it <clears throat> and then how do we we bring that balance um and that poise right the thing is uh everything everything boils down to one thing and that is self-awareness when i say self-awareness by what by that what i mean is how how well do you know yourself that's number one and uh, what do you really stand for who you are as a person what is your mission what is your vision what are your your strengths what motivates you there are there are so many uh, aspects to it when we talk about self awareness self awareness uh, is a very commonly used word but when you deep dive into it you you explore who you are as a personality you know aromit uh, the thing is it is when it comes to goals and when it comes to uh, dreams right people say that you need to have your goal you need to have your goal and if you don't have one <clears throat> people will make you a part of their goal right you must have heard this because it is uh, i've seen it at many places this is so true right this is so true that if if you don't know where you are going then unknowingly you will be be a part of some other group who is going somewhere else right so you need to know what your destination is where you want to go similarly now when it when it comes to bringing that self confidence that that balance and that poise and 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 believing in yourself self belief only then you will not be shaken when something something uh, comes so hard at you right so in order to build that balance you need to first explore yourself who you are otherwise what will happen is you will fall for anyone or any any anyone's definition of you because today people are ready to give their opinion right people are super opinionated and 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 uh, and they're so free to give their opinions right people love to give opinion and uh, if you don't know who you are you can you can easily be sold to what someone else is telling about you and you start believing all that rubbish that people are talking about you there are two kinds of people if there is a lot of noise happening around them it it won't affect them because they know who they are it won't affect them and there is another set of people if even one person comes and tells them something they will be disturbed for the entire day and they will keep on doubting themselves oh is it this is how i am so how do you uh, build that resilience or that agility um or or that uh, immunity towards those negative comments or any kind of opinions that are thrown at you the the antidote to that is to strengthen yourself to attain self mastery and self mastery will only come when you are self aware right when you know that you know we talk about swot we do swot about our products and services our organization but we never do a swot of our own self 
We need to understand what are my strengths? What am I weak at? And where does the opportunity lie? What I can, what I can actually excel in? Which areas I can excel? When I start understanding my own self, and that's the reason, Ramit, uh, it's important to have your vision. It's important to have your mission. It's important to have your goals. And it's important to form uh, successful habits. Uh, you know, in fact, I would like to also offer this. This is what I call as the four pillars of uh, the success table. Right? If you really want to be successful, if you really want to be successful as a person, as an individual, as a personality, and if you want to leave a mark in whatever you do, you need to have all these four pillars standing strong for you. Number one, you need to have a vision for yourself and for the world. Number two, you need to have a mission. Number three, you need to define your goals. And number four, you need to build habits, good habits. Yeah, Romit. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, what you said makes a lot of sense and common sense is actually very uncommon nowadays. But it's good to un, you know to resonate with you and be in alignment with you when you said that self-belief comes from comes from self-awareness when you have that clarity about yourself and you do your SWOT analysis and you introspect reflect you find the kinks and the weaknesses and you know it's 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 all related to that self-awareness is is, is the key and by asking smart questions you you raise your awareness and when you raise your awareness you basically clear the confusion and you give birth to more clarity and you mentioned about we spoke i know we spoke earlier about you know emotional intelligence there's one thing that i want to touch upon alok is the fact that see i work with a lot of coaches and i have you know personally seen and what we call the the coach's disease or the entrepreneur's disease is imposter syndrome and that is something that i have been through it myself i i mean many honest people have been through it as well who have expressed it and it's part and parcel of you know being an entrepreneur especially when you are your own brand right so when and i know that this is all connected because how you perceive yourself is how others are going to perceive you to some level and imposter syndrome is where you know those feelings arise i'm not am i good enough am i you know um, can i do this right you know that so i and, and most of you know the listeners will will want to know from you that how does one overcome this feeling of imposter syndrome um you know, uh, Romit, uh, the, the answer goes back to where we started from, and that is clarity. Uh, you know, you asked about how to, how to bring that clarity in life, because clarity is not just about uh, your emotional clarity or clarity in relationships or clarity in finances. It's more about clarity in where you are headed towards, right? So um, I... I um, I had this um, this interesting conversation with um, another individual about uh, you know coaches, and um, 
and and how coaches they they fall into their own own web and and uh, the thing is the first thing that every coach whether it's an aspiring coach or a coach who is already on a mission in the journey need to ask himself or herself that why am i doing this you know why is this important for me what is my drive what is my mission what is my vision why is this important for me that is something which is very much important you need to park some time maybe few hours or few days few weeks few months whatever time it takes for you this is something which is very much important bringing this clarity because this clarity will save you from you you know otherwise otherwise you'll be lost it's like it's like you're just running because you want to you want to somehow win the race right but just think of it romit what if you're not you're you're running not to win the race but you're running just because you love doing that this this lot of difference between these two activities right so every every coach needs to first ask and bring that kind of clarity that why am i doing this why did i start at the first place and what is my goal what is my mission and you know when i when i just shared this four four pillars of success table it goes in this order the first thing is what is your vision right vision is vision is an after effect of your work so let's say for 10 years or maybe 20 years or maybe 50 years you are doing what you are doing so after 50 years what is it that you want the world to be how is it that you want the world to be and how you want to see things it's like the after effect that's your that's the vision how you want things to be then we come to mission mission is derived from your vision so mission is where you ask yourself that what do i need to do on daily basis what is my strategy what is my procedure what are the what are the steps and the turns that i need to take on daily basis that's my strategy so that i over a period of time i am able to see that vision once you have that strategy how do you actually put that strategy into action in order to do that you need to have the third pillar and that is your habits if you don't build habits strong habits success habits and when i say habits it's not just about doing something physically but mentally emotionally physically and spiritually what are the kind of habits that you are building for yourself so that you are on that mission every day without fail so this is something which is very much important uh, romit for every coach to bring this clarity on these uh these pillars you know because uh, when 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 a coach has this clarity that's when you know that coach will become unshakable and uh, they will be more confident in what they are doing so i guess everything boils down to self awareness and clarity these are the two things you know that i would want every uh, aspiring coach or the coach who is already on the mission to look back into 
Absolutely. A hundred percent. I agree with you. In fact, you've paved that roadmap for anyone who is, because see, at the end of the day, imposter syndrome is nothing but self-doubt and self-doubt is a dream killer. So you need to have a system in build to build that immunity for you because your inner world is represented in your outer world. So you have to protect your mindset. You have to protect this temple of the body that you live in. And it's a holistic process. It's not just about one area. It's about getting clarity in all areas of your life. It's all, um, it's all in sync. And when you have the right methodology to question what you're doing, why you're doing, when you have a clear vision, a mission that is connected to enforcing that vision, you have goals that, in other words, you have uh, you know, a clear roadmap on what are the milestones required to get you closer to realizing the vision. And most important of all, the right habits, what you do, because everyone has a goal, they have a desire, right? We're human beings. If we don't have a desire, then we're not really human. Then we've reached the level of probably nirvana or, you know, um, but it's, it's, it's the habits that determine everything. So I think that the most important, um, you know, what, but what I really, you know, take from this whole conversation is the importance of self-awareness and clarity without a doubt, because I am a firm believer. I actually, um, you know, believe that if you don't take charge of your life, then somebody else will. And, mm. uh, you know, Romit, I would, I would like to add something here. Um, one uh, at at one point of time, you know, when I when I spoke about my uh, the the startup which failed, I fell flat on my face, and that was a really dark time. And um, you know, when you go through such phases, uh, you have a lot of self doubt, and um, there there were such really uh, crazy moments where I used to doubt myself. I had these questions: uh, I'm good for nothing, and will I be able to do anything in my life? And you know, what the hell is happening and stuff like that. Uh, that was the time when uh, I read a book. I came across this book. Um, I don't know the name of the book, who gave me, where I read. I, I don't I don't remember anything. But I just remember one sentence that I read in that book. And that gave me so much of power. And that sentence was, if you give up on yourself, life gives up on you. And... Uh, this this sentence just blew my mind, and uh, I, I remember in in couple of my LinkedIn posts as well. I've mentioned this this particular line that how it changed my life. If you give up on yourself, life will give up on you. That's when I realized, Romit, everything lies in our hands. Everything lies with us. The choice lies in our hands, and it's it's we who have to do something. Absolutely, there is no doubt about that we have everything in our control and yet we live in a scattered world with a lot of millions of minds being scattered which is why there is such a huge requirement and need for coaches like yourself to bring about that balance and peace and direction and more important of all clarity in the lives that you touch are you, uh, you know, do you draw a lot of inspiration, knowledge and wisdom from reading? Have there been any 
you know, books that have really helped you, inspired you, re- redefined your perspective in any way? I, I, I love uh, reading. I, it was not always the same, but <laughs> I, I never liked books and reading and studies, as I told you. But over a period of time, when I realized that, uh, you know, just by reading a book, you're actually trying to, uh, you're able to grasp um, the the author's experiences and author's life in few days. And that that mere idea of how you can extract someone else's life learnings in few hours or few days, that was so inspiring. And then that's when I started reading and learning a lot. So uh, there are there are a few books that are really close to my heart. Um, you know, one is uh, As the Man Thinketh by James Allen. That's a, that's a good read, a quick read. Um, Who Moved My Cheese is another, a very quick read. That's a good book. Um, Ikigai is something that I really love. That's a, that's a nice one. Uh, Start With Why by Simon Sinek is um, something that I love. And there are many other books on spirituality as well. I like um, Yog Nidra by Swami Satyanand Saraswati. That's a nice book. So uh, Deep Work is a good book again. So uh, Power of Habits uh, by uh, Charles Dahig is a good book. So yeah, there are so many. <laughs> I can keep on just naming them. But yes, these are some really nice books. Yes. No, absolutely. And uh, I'm, I'm a reader myself. And uh, I believe that it's so fascinating that you have a, you're in a position to extract all that value from someone's life experience, whether you know they're they're alive or they're not, but that that just is the you know for me the best resort to finding answers when you have questions just by reading. It's such a simple exercise, and I wish more people indulged in uh, you know educating themselves because uh, because of like the attention economy we're in, where there's a social media notifications, emails, Netflix, like it's, 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 it's causing a lot of, uh, you know, lack of utilizing our brain to its capacity. In fact, where, where the technology is, is, is dumbing a lot of individuals, because like you mentioned earlier that, you know, even today people don't even remember mobile numbers. They're just like on their phone. It's there. It's saved. You want to search, get an answer, you go. Like there was a time when we were kids if we wanted to get some information, we would have to actually open an encyclopedia and understand, you know, or ask someone who is smart enough or probably, you know, watch Bon Vita quiz contest every week, you know? <laughs> so, um, you know, so it is really a need of the hour. And as you grow older, you grow wiser and you realize that the realities of life can bring you down, but you need to have a system to support your rise above your circumstances and you know in this conversation that we've had we've basically you know you've basically thrown a lot of light and shared some valuable really valuable insights and models and systems of you know finding that level of self-awareness and clarity and how it's all connected and how it's so basic in terms of just having that sense of reflection and introspection and that can just be a game changer, you know, for anyone's life today. So 
All I want to say is that this has been a great conversation, Alok. There's so much that I've learned from you personally that has really opened up my mind. And uh, I think it's, it's, it's really been great. And I'm excited for the people who are going to be listening to it or who are listening to it at this point in time, um, that they're definitely going to find a lot of value from this conversation. Alok, coming to a question I ask everyone at the end and very simple question how do you define success <laughs> that's that's a lovely question uh romit i you know when it comes to success for me success is is not about so let me start with what i don't associate with success right for me success is not about uh piling up materialistic acquisitions. Uh, for me, success is more about a feeling of progress. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's about that feeling, that internal sensation, that emotion that you can breed every day that yes, I am progressing. It's not about I'm having this, I had this, I bought this, or I got this, but it's about there is some kind of progress. That progress can be at the emotional level. It can be at your mental level. It can be at your intellectual level. It can be at a spiritual level. It can be at your physical level. It any In any area of your life, when you have this constant feeling of progress that you are taking, even though if it is just one step at a time, but that step has to be forward. If you are taking that forward step, that is progress. And when you're doing that in a desired direction, that is success. That is ultimate success. You know, progress in a desired direction is success. Absolutely. In the words of Earl Nightingale, success is the progressive realization of a worthy goal. A worthy idea. Yes, yes, yes. I, I, I have heard that so many times. <laughs> I, I, I love that, uh, what he says, success is a progressive realization of a worthy ideal. And, um, and it's important, it's important. At the end of the day, if you really don't know the destination, you are lost. You're gonna be lost. You know, it's, it, the speed is not important. Direction is important, <laughs> right? Absolutely, I agree with you 100%. And, you know, we all have been gifted this life and what we do with it is in our control and we have to do what we can while we can with what we have. And that is where the essence of having that clarity and self-awareness is so crucial. It's so crucial to know why, why you are here on planet Earth. What is your purpose? What is your mission? What do you want to achieve? What is the impact you want to have? And who do you need to become in order to achieve all of that? And through this conversation with you, Alok, you have thrown some amazing light into how can someone, you know, really get started and start moving in the right direction. So Alok, from the bottom of my heart, I want to thank you for your time, for your contribution to this conversation. It's really been a pleasure having you as a guest on Strictly Motivation. I'm, I'm super happy, Rumit. Uh, in fact, uh, I, would, I would like to confess that... Uh, this particular conversation was uh, so very different for me. Honestly, um, it was more of a reflection for me. 
and um, you know when i was when i was just talking to you i i felt that i was in middle of certain conversation i was lost i was lost in some some reflection and some deep reflection and that's the reason i i generally I normally don't don't speak at this slow pace but today this particular uh, conversation was something different and um, there there are there were certain episodes of my life uh, the early uh, entrepreneurial journey uh, when i was going through that tough time and all the ups and downs that i've gone through i was able to reflect on those uh, incidents on on a deeper level on a deeper scale uh, generally i don't go that deep in terms of you know reflecting or introspecting but this entire uh, conversation it refreshed the, the journey that i've taken uh, to be here so uh, thank you very much uh, romit uh, i really appreciate um, for giving this 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 opportunity and platform where i was able to reflect and introspect um, and bring that clarity in my own personality thank you very much thank you so much alok i'm happy to leave you in a state of uh, gratitude because your journey has been you know your journey has brought you to this position today where i'm sure you have a lot to be grateful for and that is the best feeling on earth when you're just in a state of gratitude so uh, once again alok thank you so much for being a guest and uh, yeah thank you so much thanks so much Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Strictly Motivation. I hope you learned something valuable from this conversation. Don't forget to share this episode on your social media and tag us using the handle at the rate Strictly Motivation Official. To access all the links and resources related to this episode, head to strictlymotivation.com. Thanks again for listening and I'll catch you in the next episode. And remember to never stop believing in yourself.